0: They start to close down, economy starts to fucking collapse, and this ends up happening over and over again, and we
1: have a recession they now. stormed the Capitol, clashing with police, breaking windows. Do you want to cry over spilled milk, or do you want to do something like that? And this is extremely sad. If you
0: spent your whole entire life savings saving up and t- to buy a house, to buy a car, to buy something that you like, now after the pandemic, your money doesn't mean as much as it meant before. Why the hell were we <laughs> in in Iraq, three more protesters have been killed today. Nobody feels bad for us. Who gives a fuck, right? It's people who it's are terrorists. They're dying. What? Nobody gives a fuck. Welcome to the Hawk Podcast. Right now we have a very special guest, Carrington. Uh Carrington is an entrepreneur, a faith-driven man, and a co-pilot of the platform Alana. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about your faith and kind of where you come from.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah. So um, I go by Carrington. My first name is Justin. I am somebody who am currently learning how to become an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur, and I've done entrepreneurial stuff, whether that be dropshipping, social media marketing. I've learned it a lot, but there's always something to learn, and this is what I'm learning because I'm only 22. I may look a little bit older, but um, especially having a good mentor around you, this is what I am learning, because there is a lot of nuance to business. Um, There's a lot of different levels when it comes to business. You know, uh, social media, unfortunately, makes business owning look very easy, very um, accessible, but it's, it's a lot of work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So Alana is essentially a public fleet management company. It's also a navigation tool for the automotive industry, kind of like how Hinge is built, uh, it, it is based off of an algorithm. So it gets to know you and it gets to customize your experience as you go along with it. Okay. Essentially, the same platform can be used for dealerships to better bolster their business, to um, increase revenue and to also improve their customer uh relations with yeah, acquisition yeah. assuming. Yep. yep. Exactly. Because I mean, it's about 70 or so. I don't know the exact uh, number off the top of my head, but it's about 70% of uh, revenue when it comes to service side of things goes to the independent market. So dealerships mm-hmm. are actually losing out a lot. So the Alana platform essentially is a yeah. all encompassing platform for the automotive industry. It helps, as I said, dealerships yeah. improve. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it uses AI and stuff like that. I'm assuming, correct? Yeah.
1: we, uh, AI is one of those things that, you know, a lot of people are scared about. We, we like to say it's, it's, it's an algorithm. So, I think yeah. AI is evil, bro. It, I think, yeah,
0: I think <laughs> AI yeah. does whatever it needs to do. I mean, Elon Musk was saying this as well. He said, um, he got asked a question at a press conference, and they said, is AI evil? And he was like, it's, only, it's, it's not evil, but it'll do exactly what it's told to do, even if that means it'll destroy everything in front of it.
1: Exactly. And that's where we, because AI, and when we look at movies like, you know, The Matrix, when we look at movies like, Uh, Terminator, they see humans as a trouble to the world because I mean, let's be honest, we kind of destroy the world absolutely because of our actions. Um, I think it is dependent on how it's used. Um, So, how we're building it, we've always built it with how can this be used for evil? So, we have um, put a few guardrails in place so that stuff like that does not happen.
0: And, I mean, AI is a huge, in my opinion. But then something that comes with AI is obviously business. So it's helped me out in my business a lot. Fucking chat GBT, holy shit. Um, <laughs> and overall, I think it's helping everybody out.
1: But, Lookalike audiences on look- Facebook. Oh,
0: everything. Everything. It's insane. People with a lot of power are not afraid to use their power. Right? We've seen that. E- ex- exactly. We've seen that. Exactly. So then kind of morality comes into play where it's like, all right, you know, when is it enough? When, when does stuff become moral. That also you know, brings up another question where it's like, um, if we have immoral things happening to us, like the government, they're fucking us over, they're hurting us, yeah. what makes us not want to retaliate and work against the government as well and do things that are also immoral to the government? Where, where, does, that, where does that stand, S- man?
1: So then, to answer that question, we have to ask, what is morality? So what is morality? Because for me, morality you can't have morality without God.
0: And I generally think that the the Western culture is the absolute worst culture
1: to ever exist, my friend, to ever exist. (laughs) I agree. Um, And what school, let's be honest, what school does is it extends childhood. So, and that goes, yeah, and it, 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 it extends adolescence. Like, for instance, we're talking about marriage, and we should be getting married a lot earlier than we actually are. And as society progresses, that... When people get married, just it becomes later and later and later and later in life. Mm-hmm. And in that, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of jadedness that happens yep. with relationships. Um, I am a relationship type of person. I want marriage.
0: You want marriage. I want marriage. Well, that also falls back to, to the religious side of things, correct?
1: Yeah. But I, uh, I actually don't even tend to look at it as a religion because... I actually have a very, very big issue with Western Christianity. I was raised a Christian <laughs> yeah. my whole life. Um, I, I consider myself a follower of Christ. Let's, let's get that clear. Mm. Um, but there is a lot of things that Western Christianity does that is completely and utterly antithetical to the teachings of Jesus
0: Christ and the Bible. I, I'm, I'm Muslim and I generally think that Islam is one of the only cultures or one of the only religions where nothing changes. People were the same a thousand years ago, and they, and, and and they're exactly the same right now. Right. So that's actually how. how Tell
1: I, me more about your um, how you like you're growing up, um, in an Islamic household. Because I mean, I can I can get into you know what it is from a Christian perspective, um, but I have a lot of Muslim friends actually, yeah. And I actually did a lot of research, read the Quran a little, um, and so I know a little bit about Islam, but from somebody who's raised, um, in Islamic household? How is that?
0: It's it's completely uh, it's misguided by the by the internet. I think when people used to think of Islam, at least we're talking about 2010 and let's say up to 2016, and even right now
1: after 9 11.
0: After 9 11, literally, it's it's completely completely shit on by not only the government but the Western society as a whole. It's it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, you get to wake up; it's a whole entire family oriented setting. And I have nothing but respect for anybody who's Muslim that practices Islam, let alone any religion. Growing up in that, in that system makes you realize a lot of things. And, you know, we were talking about morality as well. It makes you understand and realize what morality is and what's wrong and what's incorrect. Like, for me, I have a definition of morality, right? Me personally, at least. And morality is just ensuring that people around you are not hurt. You do whatever you need to do. You get the money that you need to get, but nobody around you is hurt in any sh- shape or form.
1: It is putting God first loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Now, after that, it is loving your neighbor and loving everyone. And I try to, I really, really honestly try to make every interaction a loving interaction with that. And it's hard because we live in a, in a fallen world. We live in a Absolutely. world where there's evil, where there's bad. Um, but I just try to make, I, I, like for instance, and this is, uh, is going to blow a big... Whole into the conversation but uh, i was raised in i mean i'm black obviously yeah so s- certain little things like just smiling at somebody it's it's looked down upon unfortunately in my community mm-hmm. it's oh you're weird oh you know you're acting square stuff like that yeah, why are you but being it's, nice yeah people take advantage okay. of of your kindness your nice your lovingness but there's it's a balance to play you have to be firm in what you believe but you also have to be loving. And that was who Jesus's example was. Like a lot of people in, in Western uh, society, we, we tend to believe that Jesus is just like this all loving guy, but he, he taught morality.
0: Yeah, he taught 100%. right from wrong. Absolutely.
1: Um, and so yeah, uh, morality for me is simply doing what is loving, doing what is loving, period. My dad, I've, I'm very blessed to have a dad who is one, married to my mom and Two, really involved with my life and really involved with my education. He saw what was going on yeah. in the school system when I was in kindergarten. When I was in you kindergarten, didn't go to college. I didn't, I didn't even apply for a single
0: college. I love that, bro.
1: Did not, he took me out of public school at, at 10th grade,
0: actually. Ooh, really?
1: He took, it was a decision that he made. He's like, we're not doing this. Mm. We're not doing this. Specifically, I'm going to uh, go a little back in, into my history. In, in first grade... Well, specifically, actually, let me go into my dad's history. My dad, um, he was unable to read for a while during school. He yeah. felt dumb. He felt uh, stupid. But it was, he realized, he came to the realization through, through um, learning that it was actually the way that they taught reading, which made him like that. So schools, yeah. they teach sight words. They do not teach the phonetical way of reading. And that is proven to cause things like dyslexia. Yeah. It, it gotcha. causes dyslexia. and. Not only that, when you look at the structure of school, it's very much designed to produce factory workers. Now, what if we look into our history, who was one of the most in, integral parts of funding what we now know as public education? Rockefeller. Yeah. Yeah. And when we look at all of these different uh, systems that are going on in the world it's very interesting rockefeller has a lot to do with what we're well, seeing
0: rockefeller i mean this man was the more or less which is fucked that he controlled all the oil and oil money is different type of money right there's regular money that's what everybody else is getting and there's oil money that's why you see people from uh, attacking for example the middle east there's oil over there it's a lot of money <laughs> so what ends up happening is you know he, he creates the school system so he can have more workers come in and work for him. So that's kind of how it derived from. And he's like, okay, here's how we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to continue to do it. And I feel like only in the past few years, people have started to realize that the school system is completely fucked.
1: Oh, and that also ties now into the medical side of things. Why mm. do you think we've gone away from the more natural ways of treating things? And now all of our medicine... Well, I wouldn't say all of our medicine, but a good majority of our medicine that we get prescribed is, like, petroleum-based. Yeah. Why? Why is this? Why are we not looking at the causers of health and we're simply trying to make the sickness a little bit more bearable to their debt?
0: Yeah. And we go back to the the point of of Rockefeller and we start to understand that, that the government is kind of doing this all on purpose. And I have a lot to say about the government. I'm completely against the American government. And I believe that most places in the world are corrupt, but there's corruption that works for you. There's corruption that works against you. Let's talk about, for example, the inflation that has that, mm. that gone up. Man, inflation has been crazy huge, and it's all a cause of the government.
1: Fractional so reserve Fractional
0: reserve banking. <laughs> so what ends up happening is that they start to give people money that shouldn't have money. So people who have jobs are now also getting an extra amount of money. And then the government is like, all right, I have an idea. I don't want the economy to collapse. We want more people to buy things. So let's... Take down the interest rate. Let's lower it from 6% to, let's say, 2 or 3% so people can buy more. People start buying more. You know, basic economics, supply and demand starts happening. And the store owners who are now selling something for $2 are running out of it because now it's cheap. Because every, that the government is giving people money so they can go buy things. Yeah. So they raise prices. Everybody raises prices. Cool. People continue to buy things. And then they stop giving out money. They increase interest again. And people now don't want to buy. People are now, okay, are saying, okay, we don't have the money for it. But the same, the same company that raised the prices, they're not going to be able to lower it because the people that they're getting it from also raised their prices, <laughs> Right. So they start to close down, economy starts to fucking collapse, and this ends up happening over and over again, and we have a recession now, right? So, I mean, that's, that's the most basic way I could explain inflation. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. And, and I, it makes no sense to me, man. The government is printing out money, but they're, you know, trillions of dollars in debt. They're printing out money, and where is it going?
1: Uh, Ukraine, Ukraine, uh, Israel, exactly. Like, come on, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> right? So and it's, it's a, completely, a completely shit economy. If you're thinking that, you know, your degree will allow you to remain... Like, think about it. Think of how long we could live and how quickly the government changes. In 40 yeah. years, I do not know what the, the United States government is going to look like. I don't even know if we're going to have a United States Absolutely. in 40 years. Absolutely. So if you are banking on the fact that you have a degree, if you're not aware of your surroundings, if you are...
0: A complete idiot.
1: complete idiot. And if you're not used to taking action, this is the biggest thing. Taking action is one of the biggest things that people do not do, but it is the most important thing that you can do because breaking that, com- that uncomfortable level of um, not being able to take action and not knowing uh,
0: where to go. Yeah, where to there, go. Uh, you, have to,
1: you have to break that because yeah. taking action is the only way you learn. You're yeah. not going to learn, you know, you know, being in a classroom all day Absolutely. and not actually
0: doing something. Absolutely. And not only that, they're taking our attention away. What, what do kids do nowadays? They go to school. They come back from school. All right, video game time. All right, time to fucking watch TikTok. Time to go on Instagram, <laughs> right? So they're taking our attention away. And I said this time and time again where it's like, okay, they're taking our attention. What ends up happening when you get more views, ads, ads happen, and then ads are monetized. The people who you're watching get money. What do you get? Absolutely nothing. You just sit there and get to fucking, you know, they say time is money, and that's as, as true as a statement as, as it can get.
1: Yeah, right? and it's what they do is they weaponize sex. TikTok, pornography is oh, yeah. a big oh, yeah. one. Oh, um, and what that does is it keeps the male population who should be the one standing up against this. The stuff, working
0: class. Yeah. yeah.
1: Completely and utterly sedated. Yeah. And craving sex.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's, again, I believe that, and I've st- I used to have my own phase, but I have decided that that type of stuff, I want a quality person and even the whole sex chase, like, you know, getting girls and all of that, it can, it can completely distract you from your purpose. Uh-huh. Um, I believe that the male-to-female dynamic, that... completely um, shit. Continue. It's, it's completely shit now, but in a, the way that it was supposed to be, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. If you have a wife who is about, who knows what your mission is and your, your goal and your purpose is, and she's willing to help you, in that, that is something beautiful. That is something from God.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. But the,
1: the devil likes the. We say the devil, the shaitan, the, the adversary, the spiritual enemy that is influencing a lot of people to do this stuff. Hates that dynamic. So yeah. why do you think we're in this point in life? Yeah. Where there's this tension. It's like, it's.
0: There's always tension. There's always tension.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's even more now, especially in the West. I, I
0: have a solution, honestly. I, if every single girl in this world who is a complete degenerate stops being a degenerate <laughs> and stops clubbing and stops being a hoe, I think the world will be a much different place, right? I'm not blaming it on the men. I'm not yeah. blaming it on the women either, right? But I'm just saying the cause of it is women who are just giving away their bodies. Like it's fucking, you know, a, yeah. a treat or something like that. So the way to do it... Completely cancel Miami, right?
1: <laughs> Exile Miami. Yeah.
0: Any bullshit that requires you to go out of your way and uh, uh, have some type of achievement because you achieved a woman should be completely out of your life. At this point, bro,
1: I don't, I don't believe a single word that girls say. I have to see action. When a girl says, oh, I'm about this, this, that, and the third, and then the minute that alcohol gets in the picture.
0: Oh, yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> completely fucking
1: completely disgusting. Completely fucking a turnoff.
0: Yeah, 100%. Completely
1: a fucking turnoff. You have, you have to be very cognizant in your right mind of your... You have to be able to control yourself because yep, yep. it's so easy to just let things happen.
0: Yeah. And then it makes no sense, like I was saying. I mean, you go to a club and there's people just chilling there, dancing with music on, all sweaty, all drinking, all drunk, all just having terrible, terrible vibes, and they call that fun. That's not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun it's at not all. It's not
1: fun at all. Because at the end of the day... Fine. You pick up a chick when she's drunk. Um, you, you guys fuck, and um, then what? Then what? <laughs> <laughs> then what? Then what? I, I always
0: say this, right? A lot of times, what ends up happening is my attention is not on the priority, the things that I need to, that I need to work on. Um, So what I ended up doing is I replaced the sense of achievement of gaining a woman. Obviously, you feel like a fucking boss. You feel like a G. I just got a beautiful woman, this and that. You show your friends. Hey, look, this girl is talking to me, this and that. I replaced that completely, that sense of achievement, with a sense of achievement that is correlated with my morals and my beliefs in regards to my business. So I was like, all right, here's exactly how I'm going to do it. Here's exactly the things that I need to do, and I'm replacing it. I'm, I'm doing a complete swap. And I feel like every single man, every single man in this whole entire world you should always stay away from women. You should always have a period where it's like one month, two months, whatever it may be that you completely don't talk to a single woman where you completely, you know, let your life do its course and you work on yourself and just watch, watch. Women are going to be chasing you. Women are going to be completely after you. Yeah. It's
1: always the chase that they like. <laughs> it is the chase. It's the attention too. You don't give them that attention and they... they... Man, I'll,
0: I'll, give you, I'll give you some free fucking game right now the number one way, and use this with caution, the number one way to get a woman is just to make her curious. Whatever it is, just make her curious, right? Yeah. You go up to her you're like, hey, how are you doing? Whatever. You, you introduce yourself, this and that. And then she comes back to you and she's like, oh, where are you from? Whatever. And then you'd be like, oh, you're a big girl. I'm sure if you uh, wanted to find out, you could find out. <laughs> you're a smart girl. I'm sure you could find out. Yeah. I mean, and then she's going to be like, fuck, I want to find out now. Right? That's free game for you. You could use it in any, in, yeah, any cause scenario. you're qualifying
1: her. You're, you're making her qualify herself to you. Exactly what I'm saying. If you're a big girl, then you'll, Oh, well, I am. I mean, you know what I mean? I have a joke between, yeah,
0: I have a joke between me and my friends, especially the guys who do sales, where it's like every single time you do a sale, it's almost like picking up a chick, right? So you got to use the same tactics sometimes and you got to be, that's why you you see people who are good at sales are are very good with talking to women because not only can they persuade and and they can, um, you know, they have a way with words, but they can make people curious and they can make people convert. This is something that genuinely annoys me. A lot of women nowadays will come to you and will be like, "All oh, men are shit. I don't like men. Men are terrible. This and that. Every single woman that's ever said that to me, I've come back to her and I was like, it's your poor choice of men that is causing you to feel that way. There's amazing men out there, but you don't want to choose them, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that they don't have. You know, men are shit because that's who you're choosing.
1: No duh why people are you know, committing suicide Absolutely. and um, are feeling such stress because we live in such a performance-based education system where it's, you have to perform, you have to get an A, you have to do this or otherwise you're not going to, like, it's, it's causing a lot of stress. And, yeah. and then on top of that, when you go to the counselors, first of all, I'm going to be honest, um, going through, first of all, the age difference and going through uh, what I was going through in, in school, I couldn't even feel like I could tell my parents the exact same things that I was going through until so much less exactly. a counselor.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then the counselors, I mean, what are they going to do? They're just going to tell you to go back. And, I mean, there's so many kids that just go through things that don't make them feel like men whatsoever. Yeah. And we're, we live in a society where they tell us it's wrong to be a man. It's wrong to, uh, it's okay. You can have feelings. You can, you can, you know, put your feelings in anywhere that you want to put them. Well, that's, uh, as Mr. Andrew Tate says, that's what emotional men creates, a very dangerous man.
1: Yeah. What does it mean to be a man? What should a man be?
0: A man obviously takes care of his family. He caters to his family. And a man is just somebody who, who falls under that stereotype, not only religiously, but falls under that stereotype in a way where he can provide for his family and provide for kids and make his name mean something, right? Right now, I, I, I don't want to be just a regular person working at a five job. Yeah. I either, either want you to hate me or I want you to love the fuck out of me. Either completely despise me or love me. I'm not doing anything in between, yeah. right? Whatever it may be. I feel like it's my duty to make my name be something that's known. When somebody hears my name, they want to be, I, want to, I want them to be like, hey, I mean, this guy is doing this. This is exactly what he does, this and that. That's what I want to happen. Right. And as a man, you should have that happen for you. At least within your neighborhood, at least within your circle, people should know you as that guy. You should brand yourself as that guy who is a man who takes care of his stuff, who is not lazy, who doesn't give a shit about what people say about him and just does what he needs to do to provide for those that he loves.
1: Mm, I like it. That A is- man is somebody, an individual, who does what needs to be done, even when he does not feel like it. Oh yeah. A man is tied to his purpose. Oh yeah. A man yeah. is tied to integrity and his morals. And mm-hmm. he does not waver, does not falter. And this is the big thing I had to learn. When you see red flags, man, run. Trust your gut, run. Because um, it's so easy to get caught up... Especially with uh, girls into the old emotion, oh, she's hot. No. If you see red flags, run. Right. I'm going to be honest. This was things that I myself had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. And, but, I mean,
0: hey, and, we and, all learned. And there's no second chances in life at all. There's no, you either learn it or you miss the opportunity that you could have taken right now. You could say that, hey, I mean, I learned something, so now I'm moving into my life knowing something new. But the reality of it is, would you rather learn from your own mistakes or would you rather learn from somebody else's
1: mistakes? Somebody else's. Exactly. And then then
0: the the, the question comes in is, are you able to learn from somebody else's mistakes? Do you have the capacity to learn? Is it based on the the, the actual mistake that somebody else does or is it something that everybody has to go through? Mm, See, that, see,
1: because I have gone through that. Oftentimes where I'm like, well, I just want to, I want to figure it out on my own. I want to be able to get those lessons for myself. But as I get older, I realize, uh, no, I see that person did that. Uh, I'm not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what people need to do nowadays, right? I I always say this as well. Whenever I'm, I'm, I'm walking into a store, whenever I I see something with my eyes, I want to know exactly what's happening, why it's happening. I want to know every single mistake that they're doing and every single mistake that I did during the time that I was there. Right? Yeah. How do I do that? I speak to my haters, man. It's the best. I just say some shit on here. People hate me for it. People throw hate and shit at me for it. <laughs> right? If it's good hate, cool. But sometimes, it's very rarely, there's an occasion where people say, hey, maybe you should have said this differently. Maybe this could have happened, blah, 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 blah.
1: What right? type of uh, uh, pushback do you get on, on the podcast?
0: On the podcast, man, when, when I talk about relationships overall, <laughs> I'm, I'm very strict when it comes to how I treat my woman and how I treat the, the environment that I'm in. And I'm not going to change it. I mean, anybody can come on here. I don't give a shit who tells me what. I'm going to sit on here. I'm going to say exactly what I need to say. If you believe in it, I mean, it's the complete truth. I genuinely believe it's the complete truth because everything that I say falls with morals, one, and two, falls with most religions out there that tell you that people should be living this type of way. Yeah. And it is not going to be efficient for you to change it.
1: If we go now going into the relationship side of things. So I actually have not ever truly been in a actual committed relationship so how Mm. i don't know if you have um so how would you treat like what what is a relationship to you what does that look like
0: Mm. a relationship to me is a a man chasing the woman and the woman not letting that man get her it's as simple as that i have never been every single woman that i've ever been infatuated with has rejected me at some point every single woman i don't go for women that give themselves up easily i cannot do that because what does that mean to you? It means that, oh, you're the, you're the speci- only special guy that I gave myself to with this and that bullshit, right? There's other men out there <laughs> that are getting you as well, yeah. right? Otherwise, your morals would stick to me, unless you don't have morals, unless you're very young, whatever it may be. Your morals would stick as you grow up. Um, Ooh, I kind of, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, And there's ways that I do. Like I, I generally test women. I really do. I test every single woman, whether it's on purpose or whether it's part of my personality. How?
1: I will test the fuck out of you. How do you test? Like a, like a shit test almost. From Because girls give shit tests all the fucking time. Oh, well. All the fucking time. And it's a good sign if they are. Yeah. Um, but you've got to know how to maneuver that. You've got to mm. know how to deal with it. Because if, if she's shit testing you to see, who is this guy really, who he says he is, and you falter... Rap. When Rap. women
0: when women try to test anything, I don't fall. First and foremost, if if a man is ever being tested, don't ever one fall into the test and two give energy to the test. That means if a girl ever tells you, uh, for example, uh, this girl is really pretty, you be like, okay, cool, that's your opinion. Cool, I'm not gonna answer nothing, and she's gonna want you to say something, or she says something that's gonna make you jealous. Hey, babe, you know this guy uh, came and spoke to me today when I was outside. Was he me? No. All right, cool. I'm not competing with nobody else, right? That's kind of how it falls into play. You just have to understand that that you're at a position. Uh, if we're talking, you're, you're you're in a chessboard. You're in a king's position. You are the king. You are doing the things that need to be done. You got her for a reason. So, what are you jealous about? What are you? What are you? Are you competing with anybody else?
1: Exactly. That's what I'm exactly. So, I have been in relationships where I didn't necessarily want the girl as much as she wanted.
0: me. Oh my god! And that was. <laughs> destructive
1: very yeah. destructive yeah and then when you try to cut off the benefit yeah, no. very uh, extremely destructive
0: extremely yeah. destructive and i feel like every single i don't give a fuck what she says. that that one girl who's your friend she's not your friend right you either want her or she other wants you and there's gonna be some tension right there and whatever the fuck you say there's gonna be some type of things that go on between you two maybe one guy teases her whatever do right? you entertain uh Female friends? I don't have any female friends, ever. <laughs> I don't choose to have female friends. I don't believe in female and male friendship. I believe every single type of friendship has some type of friction, and there's a devil in between you two trying to get you guys to do things. Every single girl who was your friend, you, you at some point yeah. went up to her and thought she was a, a person who was attractive yeah. to a certain extent. You're exactly. not going to be friends with somebody who's ugly. Exactly. Men too, and I mean.
1: Let's be honest, yeah. It, it's, it's very... Um, I don't have like female friends like that because one it's just like you only have as limited energy as you do and if you're going to be expending that on somebody who you guys both agree that you guys don't like want to be in a relationship or for those degenerates who want to have sex and and be in that type of sexual relationship then um it's kind of a waste of time
0: what the fuck am I going to have a, a female friend for? What are we going to talk about even? We're exactly. about, what am I going to talk about? What's more important than me working on my shit? Why am I talking to you
1: about anything? What, what would your best advice be to men who are in that stage of they have something that they know they want to do? They're on that come up phase. They're not there yet, but yeah. they're, they are on that ascent. We're talking
0: business wise, or we're talking business wise, business wise. Yeah, specifically. Pick one thing, learn it, be the absolute best at it. Move on to the next thing and add that to your service. Just be really good at one thing. That's all you need, and monetize it. Figure out how to give it to somebody and convince them to give you their money. How did you learn um, social media marketing? Specific. What, what was your store? Um, well, honestly, I was doing drop shipping for for a little bit as well, and I know you've gone into that as well. I'm gonna get your opinion on that. Remind me too. Yeah. Um, I was doing dropshipping for a little bit. And I was doing social media marketing through dropshipping. And I was like, all right, I'm not too bad at this. Whatever. The margins were shit, right? As a business model, it's completely shit. I don't recommend dropshipping to anybody. And then I was like, all right, cool. This, this stuff is cool. And then I saw a, a, a few videos of people who have marketing agencies and talking about how good marketing is, this and that. I was like, cool, let me give this a shot. I gave this a shot. I knew a couple of people who had, who had companies, uh, spoke to them right away and was like, hey, this is what I offer, this and that. Let me try it. Let me see how it goes on you. And if I happen, you don't have to pay me anything. If I happen to get you money, then I'll take a percentage of that money. So started doing that, whatever, upgraded my systems. And I started to now, I have a whole entire agency where I have individuals on the back end doing the work and there's you know, processes set up, automations, emails, SMS, this and that. So I have a whole entire system set up now and it all falls in line with the reason why I started. Right. So anybody who's looking to start, do it slowly. Be patient. Start, just jump in. Just jump in and pick something, man.
1: Yeah.
0: I hate people that say, I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah, why I'm do-
1: gonna, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm working, I'm planning it out. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're, not you're a wantrepreneur. Nothing. A wantrepreneur. I love it. Yeah. Or somebody who's like, oh, I'm just
0: networking with people. Yeah. Oh, I'm, the, there's, the reason why I'm talking to girls is because I want these girls to later on be a fan of my, of my company or whatever. Bullshit, dude. Yeah. There's not one person that you could talk to that
1: will make you better than who you are, unless it's a person who you can sell your product to. Right. So how I got into dropshipping. So um, are you familiar with JR Garage? Because they used to live in the area. So I'm big into the automotive space.
0: I'm not familiar, no.
1: They were these brothers, kids, like 18, 20 at the time, I think. Um, And they had a whole stable worth of of cars, like Ferraris, Porsches, Lamborghinis, at And me, because I I am younger than them, so I was, like, probably around 16. I'm seeing this in my area going to the car meets, and and I'm like, how do they do this? And then having conversations with them, it was about, you know, entrepreneurship business. And so um, I'd specifically seen dropshipping go around all the time because when you start searching, when we talk about AI, when you start searching entrepreneurship and all that, that's where all the dropshipping mentors and courses come out. And I just jumped in. I just jumped in. I I started. um, My phone is full of pictures of different stores that I ran, different uh, results, you know, the, the Shopify results, seeing the different notifications of all these sales that you've made. It was a good feeling. It was a great feeling at the time, but it was something hard to keep scaled Especially with limited access to capital, yeah. um, Especially when you're testing different products, because that's also a big thing. A lot of people will just start it, and when it doesn't go well, then they'll stop they'll it. stop. Yeah, that's not how it works. Drop shipping. You have to, com- like, you have to be one committed to it. You have to two have a lot of capital, and three you have to test a lot. A B yeah. testing, A B testing, testing a product, shipping it out. Like I did it all. Like I shipped the product. Uh, to me, got uh, custom native content, did yeah. all of that. Um, it's yeah. not necessarily something I would completely recommend now. It's easy to get into, but it's hard to maintain and Absolutely. To become.
0: What about, what about branded dropshipping? Have you ever done branded dropshipping?
1: Yeah. Like, uh, like having like a branded one page, uh, one page site, one product. Yeah. I, I tried it, but, um, then I, my businesses, uh, my business ideas had definitely, um, had evolutions over time. Like I had at one point wanted to start like a cannabis chewing gum and I went, actually brought, bought the products and was testing different things. Mm -hmm. Um, legal of course. Um, But, um, yeah. And then I got into the opportunity that I have now currently to learn how a multi billion dollar, uh, business is, is being built because when I, so collective technologies is the larger company that owns the Alana brand and the collective auto brand. Um, at the time that I'd gotten in, it was, uh, worth about either 20 or $50 million, uh, evaluated. Um, but now with this product, with what I've seen, um, the potential of it, I have absolutely no doubt that it will be a multi-billion dollar company. Um, it's just now getting to there and we have a pretty small, I wouldn't even say pretty, like, we have a relatively small team compared to other corporate um, Mm -hmm. companies, but we did it specifically because we are aiming for big names in the automotive industry, specifically a lot of different, like Cox Automotive, like these different businesses that control a lot of the systems that are going on right now that are causing a lot of the problems that we are dealing with. We are trying to aim for that, so we did not take venture capital funding or anything like that so we're staying small but aiming big
0: a good choice sometimes it's very hard to do that as well yeah it it, it might take you longer to to kind of aim small but in my opinion every single company needs some type of investor and they need some type of funding to help them reach their idea for the most part unless you have that funding internally and you're near net you're not going to ask for an investor's help but investors i mean they they do a lot they promote the product i mean most investors know about marketing i will say every single individual who has money it was about marketing to a certain extent. Uh, let's say, for example, your whole entire project or a, a, a product of the project that you're working on is just didn't go as well as you wanted it to go and you were you know 110% confident about it. Would that then hurt your ego or how, how would you go about that?
1: Um, I understand that regardless of what happens, whether it's positive or negative, that, one, I trust God. So... It's going to be something that I have to deal with. Um, it's going to be something that hurts. But at the end of the day, I I have trust that God is is going to do right by me because I trust Him. And I don't it know if you just been, saw.
0: I just smiled right there as soon as you said that, bro. Yeah, I just smiled. Go ahead, brother.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's it was meant to happen. It was meant to happen. Like, yeah. um, and so at. It's a learning lesson. You can see failure. A lot of people get emotionally rattled by failure. But failure is something that can actually push you to learn and get better. Absolutely. And so it's just how you want. Do you want to cry over spilled milk or do you want to do something about it? 100% having an ego
0: is within everybody. Everybody has an ego. Every right. single individual in this whole entire world has an ego that even goes to sales. So I use that. I'm, a, I'm extremely evil when it comes to my sales <laughs> and, and how I sell things. I kind of target something that, you know, would hurt them deeply in a way. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's for a good cause. You know, if, if I don't end up, um, like how my service is, if I don't get your results, you get everything back. You get all your money back. Right. So you'd have to be a complete idiot not to take the service.
1: That's a, yeah, that's a big risk that you're you're I'm taking putting. all the risk.
0: Yeah. I'm t- I'm obviously you don't know me, I don't know you. I'll I'd rather take the risk, make some money off of it, and prove to you. And then at, at that point later on during you know, other contracts, I'd be like, I already know what I'm doing. I'm not even gonna put that risk on for you. Whatever. But something, you know, that that helped has helped me with sales as well is, you know, at, at the very end you would be, you would say something along the lines of do I need to bring on another decision maker? Are you the decision maker? You, you would kind of attack their ego and they'd be like, what, what the fuck you mean? They just give you their car <laughs> right away. So it's, it's one of the things that, that I do as well. It's funny as hell. It's, I mean, the, the, the tactics that goes about sales, is, it's extremely funny. But going back to ego, like I said, everybody has a certain type of ego. And yeah. those who do have an ego, if they are extremely egotistical and they think that they're the shit, usually there's a bunch of studies that say the same exact thing. Where they're missing something on the inside. Mm -hmm. So, if we see somebody who's like, yeah, I could do it all, don't worry, I'm the best, whatever,
1: there's something that they're missing. They have low self esteem. So, I try to take my ego out of it the most as possible because at the end of the day, I mean, from an understanding that was kind of the tempt, the original temptation that Satan tempted man with, which is, again, your own ego. So, I try to get partnered. With a team, because I don't know it all. That is, yeah. I don't know it all. 100%. And so better three or four people that have individual knowledge in different areas than one person who thinks he knows it all and is just going to go uh, balls to the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And then get emotionally rattled when it doesn't happen. Yep.
0: Yep. And I think if you can control somebody emotionally, you have complete control over them. Right. And that's, I mean, women do this best, by the way. Women are amazing salespeople for your heart. But either way, women do this very well. And yeah, anybody who has any type of emotional control over you, they're absolutely able to get you to do anything that you want. Have you ever read the book, 48 Laws of Power?
1: Ooh, no, that sounds interesting. That sounds, yeah. interesting. I've, I've read books like, um, how to win, how to win friends and influence people like certain I know uh, about that one. relational, uh, books like that, like dealing with the human dynamic, but I need to text me that cause I'll, I need a. I need a. um,
0: it's a book that I don't recommend you simply just read. I recommend just getting the audio for it cause he, he goes into stories about, um, uh, like he gives too many examples, in my opinion. I just want to, I want to learn. I want to absorb the information and just take it, put it in my pocket. I don't care about who did it.
1: Talk about the what you think the matrix is—the matrix that we live in. Ooh, the matrix is it's built on power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they create the system. You just got to know how to play it, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things I'm learning in terms of taxes too. Like I don't like, oh God, yeah, that's a whole another. They're printing
0: money and they're still making us pay more money. It makes no sense. And then you have the centralized banking who controls every other bank. So they're almost like a puppeteer to all these banks. And that's all part of the illusion that they're trying to feed you, where it's like, go, wake up, get a nine to five job, work that nine to five save, save, save save. all this money. And then they add inflation. So if you would have saved up a hundred thousand dollars and you spent your whole entire life savings, and this is extremely sad. If you spent your whole entire life savings, saving up and to buy a house, to buy a car, to buy something that you like now, after the pandemic, your money doesn't mean as much as it meant before. You would not be able to buy the same thing. Perspicacity. Because Versificacity. you are you cannot save. So I would much rather an investors and every single business owner would tell you this take your money, put it in a property. Take your money, put it in an asset. Anything. Anything that you could sell later on that would not depreciate and get your money that way. So I think we live in a in a society where they want us to work. They need us to work.
1: Yeah. They need it's it's only standing on the backs of the working class. Absolutely. And, and who's,
0: who's the working class? The working class, I would say, people are between the ages of, of let's say, 18 to 26, right? So who, who are they putting in debt? These people. Right. So it, it, there's no morality when it comes to it. So we, we, again, we'll t- go back to the, to the theme of morality where it's like, why do we have to be moral when people are not being moral to us? They're giving us debt. They're adding interest to our debt just so we can be in a situation where we cannot leave. So they're, they're trapping us, they're putting a lock on us and not allowing us to leave. Yeah. And having, them, having us work for them, and then they, they want us to be moral and they want us to be fair with them. There's, there's no fairness, especially if you're at the top. You cannot be fair. And, I mean, as a whole, the government is a business. So whatever makes the most amount of money. The reason why there's American soldiers in, for example, Iraq, in the country that I was born in and, li- and used to live in, uh, is because they want to control us. They want to take the oil. Like I said, oil money is a different type of money. Why the hell were we
1: in Iraq?
0: Why the hell because were we in Because they are undercover Iraq? to get power, get the oil, because the oil is in Iraq. They're going to get it, make a fuck ton of money out of it, and then blame it on us somehow. right? Make us look bad, make us look like the, the, the terrorists, so nobody's on our side. Nobody feels bad for us. Who gives a fuck, right? It's people who are it's terrorists. They're dying. Fucked. Nobody gives a fuck, right? And nobody's doing anything about it. And we're saying, oh, you have to be fair. Life is not fair.
1: Life is never fair. Majority of Americans still think that it was Al-Qaeda terrorists who blew up the World Trade Centers and then completely forget about Building 7, completely forget that they found nanothermite in the building. I lived through the 9-11 times. I lived through that fear, and I'm pissed off because I, all throughout my childhood, was scared to even go on a plane. One of my friends, I'm going to say this, (laughs) Uh, one of my friends, who I will not name, his mom passed away on September 11th. He told me that he saw people weeks before the attacks happened carrying cord, what he now knows as detonation cord, into the elevator shafts. That was from his words. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's put away the whole terrorist uh, mindset because we have to realize what is going on. The government used fear of Islamic terrorism, of Muslims to completely distract us from what they were doing. And Muslim people are some of the most kindest people that I have ever met. Yep, yep. Some of the most kindest, loyal, more, filled with morality people that I have ever, ever met. Mm-hmm. And to think that I was raised to be scared of them yeah. That's uh there's something else that's going on man. 100%. <laughs>